We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Where would you rather be than right here, right now? The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. Bills make me wanna. Dr. Cappuccino has informed me that I will no longer be able to play football given the neck injury. Even with further treatment, rehab, or surgery, a return is not possible. In week five, I got the first stinger of my life, and I got one the following week. After that game, we did an x-ray on my neck that showed no significant damage. After the season, um, as part of the exit physical, we got an MRI that revealed a disc that was dangerously close to my spinal cord at C2, C3. That was um, alarming. As you can imagine, this news floored me as uh, I was merely dazed away from the first playoff game of my career. Although I know I will no longer be cleared to play football, I'm still on the Bills roster and look forward to helping out the team in some capacity. Oh, welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Rock Pell Report podcast. I am your host, Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. To my right is my producer, Chris Krueger, and that was Eric Wood from his weird... I don't. Was that a press conference? It he, was supposed to be a press conference. Damn it! It was a two-minute statement, <laughs> and then he said, "I'm still gonna. What? I'm gonna still help oh, out the Bills." And Jesus, talk about an awkward week for Bills fans, guys. It's Super Bowl week. Okay, the final week of the NFL season, and I gotta tell you, it's bittersweet. On one hand, this game is the pinnacle of the NFL. It's the thing that every team spends 17 weeks working and striving for. I mean, it's a shot at the title. Being able to hold that trophy is something that everybody who's ever put on a football helmet aspires to. And it's a feeling that fans, players, doesn't matter who you are, if you're even around a football team, winning a Super Bowl is something that you just, you chase. It's a feeling, you know? Yeah, and we got... A team that cheats against a team that <laughs> hates Santa Claus. <laughs> Possibly the two worst places in America are playing each other for the right to call themselves champion. I almost wish a comet could just find the stadium and just end all of this for us. But even more than that, the Super Bowl, it marks the official end of the season. No more football. Until September. I mean, it's over. No more weekly recaps, no more scouting reports, no more parties and tailgates. And if you live in a place like Buffalo, where the weather is drearier and more unpredictable than a pregnant chick, and your only other sports team is so bad that if football-style tailgating for the Sabres was a practice, the amount of booze consumed during a regular season could drown the entire population of Eden, New York it almost starts to feel like there might not be a lot left to live for. Well, don't forget about the Bandits. The Bandits <laughs> play until until May, and we'll also have the Bisons, but nobody really cares about uh, AAA baseball. I mean, ultimately, guys, it's a bit of an overreaction, okay? I'm getting married this year. I've got a trip to Jamaica coming up where I'll be broadcasting live for the draft. You're all going to want to tune into Periscope and see that. Yeah, hopefully, if any of you are pregnant, hopefully you already got pregnant during the season. <laughs> that way you deliver the baby in June and July when nothing's happening. 
And you're all, you're all set to get drunk in <laughs> August for preseason games <laughs> like a true Buffalonian. Nonetheless, we've reached the official end of the 2017 football season. Hopefully for all of you out there, it's everything that you thought it would be. Chris, let's just kick this thing off with the Bills News Update. There are a lot of things changing over at One Bills Drive. But the most surprising to me is the quiet restructuring of the coaching staff that's taking place. I think it's all overshadowed. After, well, I mean, we'll get to it in a minute, but it's all overshadowed by what happened with well, Eric Wood. There, there's big news, but this is the one that isn't getting any press, and I guess i got to talk about it. With the firing of offensive coordinator Rick Dennison and the hiring of uh, Brian Dable. Yeah, who saw that coming? We knew that there was going to be some shuffling of the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you know that's coming. A new guy is going to want to bring in his own guys in order to back him up and fill the wide receiver, tight ends coach, offensive line coach. Those, those roles are all going to get filled by guys Brian Dable is comfortable with because McDermott's trusting Dable with that side of the ball. So I guess, I, I don't know, but over the last few days, there's been some shuffling of the defensive staff going on that bears watching as you head into the 2018 season. And I think it's fair to say that there isn't a Bills fan out there who thought that there would be any of this. I mean, first and foremost, longtime NFL veteran coach Mike Waffle is retired. I'm disappointed. I mean, he was one of my favorite additions to the coaching staff that McDermott made this offseason. He's got all that experience, took the Giants defensive line, took down Brady, right, for two yeah, Super Bowls, went two to Oakland, Super Bowls. went to uh, St. Louis slash Los Angeles, got to work mm-hmm. with Aaron Donald. He's an excellent defensive line coach, so it is sad to see him retire. I mean, he leaves us with a playoff berth and the memory of this awesome locker room speech during Hard Knocks. Don't fucking challenge me. I don't want any bullshit. I don't want any fucking body language. When I say jump, you say how fucking high. We're going to fucking work. I am not scared. You could probably fuck me up and have a good time trying to do it. I ain't scared. That was Mike Waffle from HBO's Hard Knocks. The guy didn't give a shit. And I loved that about him. I heard him up close and personal from 10 feet away at training camp the one day. Just having it out with his defensive line. Because there was goal line drills where they were getting beat. And then at the end of the day, the last two plays, the defensive line stuck the offensive line and didn't let him into the end zone. And Waffle congratulated his guys on literally the way you would see Red Foreman do from that 70s show. Nothing but a stiff handshake and a, you, you did your job. Don't celebrate. You did your job. Well, you're lucky I know who that is and I know the show. I got to shake Mike Waffle's hand this offseason at training camp. He's, for an old man, he's got a grip. He's got like a kung fu grip. It's incredible. He probably has some kind of insane workout regimen for a <laughs> 64-year-old man. His replacement is assistant defensive line coach from last year, Bill Turnlink. Son of legendary defensive line coach John Turlink. And former defensive coordinator for University of Nevada. That seems that seems like a smart move. You just hire from within. He's hire the from within. He's familiar. Bring he's him the up. Assistant. He's next in line to get a job. I I mean one of the I I have to hope that some of his father rubbed off on him. If you go to John Turling's Wikipedia page and you take a look at who he is, or who he was as a coach. A three-time Super Bowl winner who is called one of the best defensive line coaches in the history of the game. Okay? And his, you know, John Randall, who was a who was second all-time in sacks for defensive tackles in NFL history, called his father the Mr. Miyagi of defensive lines. So hopefully some of that rubbed off on his kid. I'm <sighs> And I think that the, the fact that they promoted from within and got a guy who the players are already familiar with promotes a sense of continuity. Now, I, I personally look at it, though, and would have preferred someone with a little more experience. I mean, you think about it. Our defense finished with just 27 sacks last season. Our defensive line has to produce more. Now, that's not to say that I don't fault Waffle 
for the underperformance of our defensive line. I mean, I, I, I fault a lack of talent, point blank and period. Pass rushing talent was not. And while we had we him, didn't have a lot. While we had him, a lack of effort from Marcel Darius. Well, yeah. So ultimately what I'm left with is we have an, an unproven coach moving up to take on a, I don't know, a significant position in your in your. I don't know if you want to call it a uh, position coaching group stable. I, I mean it. Well, it's gonna be you know you know we're at some point in the draft we're gonna have to take care of the defensive line position. So it'll be interesting interesting to what see what he can do his, with more talent. Yeah, it'll be and plus it'll be interesting to see his input as far as with the, with the scouts and That's who true. He, who he'd like to see get drafted. Look at you being fucking astute right off the top of the podcast. Cheers, sir. I know. Woo! Chris coming out of left field. Because I started with some whiskey gingers, and now I'm on to beer. (laughs) All I can hope, folks, is that Mike Waffle's successor is the man for the job. And But then, in what I'm declaring a significantly confusing move, the team has relieved former secondary coach Gil Bird, father of Jarius Bird, of his duties, and replaced him with John Butler, former secondary coach of the Houston Texans. This is a total head scratcher. Well, that's it. I don't, I don't get it. At face value, it doesn't make a lot of sense. The Bills secondary in 2017 had some really impressive statistics. I, first and foremost, 14 passing touchdowns allowed. That's second in the NFL. An average passer rating of 78.9, good for sixth in the NFL. 18 interceptions, also tied for sixth in the NFL. And 99 pass breakups, seventh in the NFL. One Pro Bowler, one Pro Bowl snub, and one Defensive Rookie of the Year candidate in your secondary. We'll go back and look at the, the INTs. I mean, we didn't think coming into the season that that um, Jordan Poyer and Mike Hyde will, would be the best I thought the tandem. secondary was going to be a train wreck on wheels. Yeah. And they just... Ugh. They outplayed... What they, you, they, they they outplayed what you thought. They, they shamed. Uh, they made me feel ashamed of my preseason. I don't know. Just I don't know. I guess the way I felt about this defense. Exactly because you did say Jordan Poyer was a C plus signing I if did. he was a starter. And yet, even with that success, McDermott saw fit to replace the coach who got his group to accomplish that with a with kind of a fresh face, who is just coming off of his own firing. I dug a little bit into the statistics behind Butler. Over his tenure with the Texans under Bill O'Brien, his performances at face value seem fair, but at sometimes subpar. Now, you have to take into account the fact that in this past year, he lost his best cover corner. A.J. Bowie was a part of the Texans' defense for the last four years, right up until this season when he hit free agency. And then he left, and without him, what did they accomplish? Well, I'll tell you. Starting with 2017 and going backwards to the beginning of his tenure, they were 24th, then 2nd, then 3rd, and then 21st in total yards allowed. Okay, So they started poorly, ended poorly, but in between were some phenomenal seasons by the secondary of the Houston Texans. On the same page, total touchdowns allowed by the secondary. This year they were 29th in the NFL. But in the last two years with A.J. Bowie on their staff with a premier cover corner and just whatever pieces they had back there, Kareem Jackson, some other guys, they were 6th and 13th and then 21st in total touchdowns allowed. They finished in the top 15 for yards per completion three out of four years. But this past year, they were 30th. And they only have one top 10 finish in the NFL in interceptions. Those are the defenses that have kind of been under John Butler. Now, I understand. I, I mean, I, I guess I don't understand the move in it, in and of itself. I don't. The, the I entire don't, thing, thing is confusing to me. But at this point, there isn't a whole lot we can do about it as fans. I mean, Chris, you're. No, I, I, don't, I don't get it. If it's not broken, don't fix it. <laughs> I mean, I get it, your buddies, but well, this with is what it. Bird accomplished with that secondary, and that's what you makes keep him. this so interesting. Is why was Bird replaced? I mean, right here, we're we we don't know, and we'll probably never know the specifics around why Bird left the building. 
we're just left to simply hope and trust that McDermott's making the right move here. I mean, ultimately, the scheme belongs to the defensive coordinator, right? You can agree with me on that? Yes. Okay. So any fears that Bird's coaching somehow influences the the way our guys are going to play, that can be put to rest. The one thing I will say is that the prep work, the film study, and the positional drilling that takes place, that's the responsibility of this coach. And so hopefully the coaching staff knows what they're doing because, I don't know, in my eyes, you're replacing a guy who proved himself for a guy with limited successes, but when he hit, he hit home runs. Well, how much how much speak does McDermott have in the secondary room? Because that's a specialty, safeties. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you wonder what how much of input he has in that meeting. Well, room. and that's why I give this just a little bit of credence. I mean, I understand fans are shrugging their shoulders and going, "Well, why, why the hell would you do this?" I'm doing the same thing, but I'm willing to hold out the benefit of the doubt. Simply because this is this is where McDermott has thrived. Okay, over the course of his career, he he, I mean, he made what was it, Roman Harper? Roman Harper, long Who the time, hell is that? Yeah, right. You don't know. Long time safety for the Saints. He went to the Panthers. You sure he doesn't play basketball for him. the for the uh, Chicago? That's Ron Harper. Damn it! Thrived under his tutelage. I mean, that was this is his specialty: is safety play and cornerback play. I mean, look at Josh Norman. Josh Norman in Carolina was fantastic under the tutelage of and the oversight of Sean McDermott. And then he got that huge deal in D.C. So and busted. If there's I mean, I'm confused. You're confused. But ultimately, I trust that a secondary minded coach. Along with a defensive coordinator who likes to play a specific kind of system that fits what McDermott likes to do between the two of them, they have to know who's a fit and who's not. It's a gamble, but it's a calculated one, and I'd like to think that this one's going to go the right way. Now, while we're on the topic of being confused about things, Chris. <laughs> the I'm, confu- bi- I'm confused all of the time. The biggest storyline of the week, the curious case of Eric Wood. You could make a movie out of this. This today, Tonight was supposed to be our farewell podcast to Eric Wood. I did a ton of research, looked up statistics, organized my thoughts, got some sound bites ready of, you know, his last press conferences and radio interviews. And I had and was just preparing myself for what was supposed to be a tearjerker of a retirement speech. But that's not what happened. Let's walk through the timeline of events. Friday at 8 a.m., random Twitter handle Scout Fantasy breaks the news that a Buffalo Bills starter has a significant injury. Buffalo Bills offensive starter. Sorry. Friday at 11 a.m. Confirmed that the injury is career-ending and that a presser is being scheduled for Monday, but the player's name is withheld. At 11.05 a.m., Eric Wood takes to Twitter to confirm that the injury being reported, that a neck injury, it's his. It's his. The significant injury belongs to center Eric Wood and that it has officially ended his Buffalo Bills career. Now, that in and of itself was a lot. You know what I mean? You go in the span of four hours. I showed up for work in a good mood. And then I hear that. And I'm just thinking, oh, my God, things are racing through my mind. And I, I, saw, I saw it and I didn't I didn't believe it because. I was like, Scout Fan- was it Scout Fantasy was the Twitter handle? Yeah, that, I'm like, like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, I don't know who that is. That, that, there's no credibility and there. Is, and then is out, John Waro confirmed it. WGR confirmed it. And it's like, oh, my God, this is happening. So then people were scrambling. And I'm scrambling in my head just being like, okay, here's a list of people. And I know this sounds, this sounds terrible, but I'm like, here's a list of people I, I hope it's not. Because these are people. Inf- I'm a, I'd like to say that I feel like a piece of shit. Because one of the first things that I did was I went and I looked at the salary cap tables just to see who costed what. And, okay, well, I hope it's not this guy or this guy or this guy. That makes me a piece of shit human being because I lost the humanity of what this meant. Like someone had a career-ending injury. And in that moment, I would I just rushed to see what the long-term impact was going to be. Well, it's not surprising. Is- it's not surprising because you are a piece of shit. <laughs> You are a 100% piece of shit. But then it came out as Eric Wood, and that was the one name I didn't expect. That was the one name that I didn't see coming. 
I'm not going to lie. It was like a punch in the stomach. Cause it's, yeah, I didn't it's see like, it coming Jesus. either. You hear it in, in his, his weird two-minute statement that uh, the media had to wait an hour for. Well, that's but he, he, sa- he said in week five, he got his first ever stinger. Well, so you fast forward to Monday in this timeline that we're giving. Monday, press conference scheduled for 1 p.m. All sorts of former players show up, including Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is sporting an Eric Wood t-shirt from our guys over at 26shirts.com. Also Monday, press conference starts at 2 p.m. Wood speaks for 1 minute 47 seconds, only confirms what everybody already knows, and states he's on the active roster and will help out in any way that he can. Leaves without answering a single question, and the media is baffled. Now, today, I sit here sipping a drink and just considering, as a lot of us are, how things got so complicated. What is it? Is that, that's a, was it Blackheart Spice Rum on the rocks? On the rocks. With a splash of water? Splash of water. <laughs> I mean, guys, in theory, it's simple. A player can't play, so he just retires. But unfortunately... Well, retires not the right. We don't know yet. That's it, though. Unfortunately, due to the language of the CBA, nothing is that simple. Because of the way that the rules are just kind of laid out as far as cap hits, uh, NFL finances, the extension that Eric Wood signed early last year, there's a lot of gray area around it and how it affects the Bills cap. I mean, here's Mike Garofalo from NFL Network talking about Eric Wood's kind of uh, situation right now as it stands. Now, the good news for Eric Wood, and this is of a financial standpoint, remember this is a business, uh, he redid his deal before this last season, and it added $4.8 million of injury-guaranteed money in 2018. So before this past season, he did not have that, even though he was going to be under contract for 2018. So he will see that money. That's the silver lining here. But as I tweeted earlier, it'd be a good bet to say that Eric Wood would probably give back a chunk of that money for the ability to play football once again. Now, that, that audio comes to you from NFL Network. There are a lot of hot takes on the situation right now. Some people are sympathetic to the player. Some are disappointed about the career of a Bills player who left it all out there on the field and after achieving the high point of his career, found out that it's over. And then there's other people out there just looking to point fingers in our front office saying that this was a stupid move on the part of our, uh, of our team. <laughs> really? <laughs> Can you feel the tension in the air right now? Me personally, I'll say this. Our front office rewarded a player who gave us everything he had. Week in and week out, the guy fought through just m- some devastating injuries. You want to think of Eric Wood? I think of the two broken legs, the one against, the, especially the one against Jacksonville early oh. in his career. That like I watched that once on YouTube, and I'm, like, I'm not watching that again. The fact that he fought through multiple injuries, how many losing coaching staffs, and just just the amount of adversity that comes when you have the weight of this drought hanging over your head for a decade, to finally deliver us as fans. A winning product. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And the team was clearly attempting to show players also on the roster, young guys. I mean, we have one of the oldest rosters in the league. That's one of the things no one's paying attention to. We have a a very old roster by way of some of the free agency pickups, some of the guys that we've kept around, held over from other uh, coaching staffs and other GMs drafts. There's nothing wrong with any of that because you're trying to show the young guys that when you do the right things, when you stay the course, and when you're willing to show some, I don't know, intestinal and testicular fortitude, you will be rewarded for it. That's what that extension was all about. So for anybody out there who bitches and moans about the fact that, oh, well, no, the cap situation, it's, it's complicated now because of Eric Wood and because we were stupid to give him an extension, I'll see you in hell. Okay, I'll fight you in public over it if you want to bring it up to me. Yep, bring I it on. Bring it on. Week one, week one in September, Drew will fight anyone in the what is it, the mud lot <laughs> on twenty A. Oh Jesus, what we'll, kind of trouble are you get me into? We, hey, we will give everybody out there that listens to this show that disagrees with you. You have the summer 
to get your body in peak physical condition <laughs> to fight Drew week one at the tailgate. To quote Brandon Bean from Pro Football Talk, we don't have any cap room right now. General Manager Brandon Bean said via Mike Rodak of ESPN.com, you roll it over into next season. He'll be on our roster for a while until we figure things out. We'll get it worked out. He'll do stuff on his end, and we'll do it with the help of the league office and management council. We will figure it out from here. In my opinion, this isn't a team trying to screw the player. You know, that's another narrative that exists out there that, oh, they're trying to, they're trying to cheap out and screw the, no, they're not. I, what I think this becomes is it's a situation where you're talking about, you just gave a player an extension and then he had to retire. I don't think anything. That's not really precedented territory. I don't, this does This hasn't happened under the new CBA. I don't think any of this will, will come to light until we get to the new league year. That's it. So my point is, everyone needs to sit back, do what we're doing right now, take a drink, take a deep breath. I'm going to withhold my retirement speech for Eric Wood. We're going to, you know, we're going to put that on hold because we're going to wait and see how this all plays out. Because I just until he retires, I'm not comfortable doing it. I mean, ultimately. This isn't over. It's not. And and it's and it's not anybody's fault. This is a situation that's going to play out over the course of weeks. It's just the way the rules are written. It's complicated. I mean, if they if he was to retire right now, he would eat up all of the cap space that we have and then some, which then would get us further penalized into the next league year. That's my understanding of it. That's why this is all so complicated. There's also the there's different options that the Bills can use for him going into next season. If they put him on IR, he I would think would they save two million dollars. There's a lot of different things that could happen, and it's all on Eric Wood and the team. They're going to figure it out between the two of them. But rest assured, they're not trying to take advantage of him. I don't get that feeling whatsoever because this isn't an owner who has he played it cheap with any of his players. I mean, he allowed Kyle Williams to be brought back on a very lucrative extension when he didn't need to be, but because he wanted him to retire as a Buffalo Bill. This is an owner who has given his GMs since he got here. He hasn't put shoe, you know, he hasn't shoestring them from a spending standpoint. No, yeah. I think I think even with both franchises, Sabres and Bills, if Terry's going to spend the, needs to spend the money, he will spend the money. And that's my point. I I don't think it's a matter of anybody being cheap. So. Those of you who feel that way, please take a step back from the ledge and at least be patient and watch how it all plays out. And so there's a lot of changes that are going to be coming down the pipeline. I mean, there's a lot more news that's going to be coming in the, coming over the course of the next month and a half about this topic. Now, since you know, this seems like a nice segue, as we're talking about a Bills player on his way out, I'd like to bring in our guest for the evening who just made his debut this season. He don't like almonds. And he loves Sweet Baby Ray's. I'd like to put some barbecue sauce on that button. <laughs> he doesn't swear. Funky butt love it. Buffalo Bills long snapper, Reed Ferguson. Dude, I totally miss you. <laughs> I really fucking miss you. Reed, how are you doing? <laughs> Chris, I'm doing fabulous. How are you? Doing great now that we're talking to you because I totally miss you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's it's, a great intro. It's as if you don't have Snapchat and don't bother him at least four to five times a day with some kind of nonsense, Chris. I mean, I bothered him to he didn't even bother to respond to my I know. picture message of the Indian schedule that we could go to. I wouldn't respond to you either. <laughs> you never responded to me to begin with. Reed, how are you doing, man? Drew, I'm doing great. Guys, for those of you, long snapper Reed Ferguson just completed his rookie season with the Buffalo Bills. And, I, I mean, I, I got to ask. I mean, first and foremost, right off the top, is it nice being somewhere that's relatively warm compared to Buffalo? Um, I, w- I mean, it's not bad. It, it, I mean, Georgia, Chris can attest, it, gets, it still gets pretty chilly, but um, nowhere near as cold as Buffalo. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to have some time off. Obviously, wish we were still playing, but... Um, you know, we had I definitely considered this season, you know, somewhat of a success. So, um, you know, happy to get some time off and, uh, you know, be ready to go back in April when the time comes. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, everybody needs a little me time, man. <laughs> hey, are, are you? Are you <laughs> this is what I want to know. 
Are you working at a chiropractor's office this off season? No, I'm not because I actually had a job last fall. <laughs> and you did it spectacularly, my friend. Now, I got to ask, I what kind of sporting events have you been taking in lately? I know you like to travel. I know you like to get out and see things. I mean, I mean, what does a long snapper do to stay busy when he's not playing football? Uh, well, actually, uh, my dad and I went to the Hawks game last, last week. Uh, they're not doing well this year. They got crushed. I think they lost by 20, but uh, still fun to go to the game. Uh, so I'll probably hit a, hit a few more of those while I'm home. Um, my dad and I actually got season tickets for Atlanta United, so we will definitely be hitting up a few of those games uh, before I have to report back in April. And then uh, my dad and I are driving up. I grew, I grew up a Carolina fan, North Carolina fan, so I'm going to drive up. Next week and see them play Notre Dame in the Dean Dome, so I'm pretty excited about that. Never been up there to a game, so really looking forward to that trip. Oh, man, you love to get out and travel to things. And, guys, little-known fact about Reed Ferguson, loves, loves European football. Absolutely loves it. Yeah. Huge so, fan. So i got to ask, do you miss Buffalo at all? <laughs> and if so, what part of it do you miss the most? I miss Wegmans. <laughs> Now, folks, it's about as simple as that. Folks, for, for those of you who may not understand, so down, Reed practically lived off Wegmans when he first got here. And down south, they have Publix, which is their, you know, we were talking about it off air. Publix is apparently their big chain, like I think the, the nicer grocery store chain that they have down there. Publix is for peasants. <laughs> but they don't hit. <laughs> but they don't have a fresh food section. You know, the, you're not going to get your Wegmans Chris, subs. Chris. Chris, I'm pretty sure you've shopped there before, so... Where, where else am I going to go? Kroger, Ingles, Winn-Dixie? Wow. There's a Whole Foods every now and then. There's a Whole Foods every now and again. You two are the worst. God. Yeah, but I'm not paying $16.99 for a pound of apples. <laughs> now, Reed, if there was I've one... Never seen, I've never seen you eat a fruit anyway. <laughs> no, he hates vegetables and fruit. It's, you can tell by his wonderful dad bod that he uh, he avoids fruits and vegetables at all costs. Now, if there was one <laughs> buffalo food item, Reed, that you could get your hands on right now, what would it be? Oh, man. I haven't had it in a while, but uh, some type of uh, chicken parm sub. Oh, man. I had one a while back, and they were it was so, so good. <laughs> so... There's a lot of things going on, and obviously the hot story right now here in Buffalo is revolving around Eric Wood. Now, I know there's probably not a whole lot you know about the situation, you know, but what was your experience on you know, being, a part of this, you know, being a part of the team around Eric Wood? I mean, did you, ever, did you have any personal interactions or memories of playing with him that you can recall? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Eric, I mean, I mean you guys have been around Buffalo football longer than I have, you know, just the past two years, but Buffalo, I mean, Eric is, you know, nothing short of a great leader, great teammate. You know, he, he brought the competition, you know, every day, he was always ready to go, whether it's practice, the film room, um, you know, game day on Sunday, you know, you name it. He is, uh, he's, I mean, he's class act on and off the field. I, you know, I have nothing bad to say about him. Oh, well, no, I should not. I mean, he's look at him. He, I think the I think one of the things that people get caught up in is this, you know, oh, he's he's in. What does this do to the team long term? What is this? You know, what's our outlook? What's going to happen going forward? And I, I feel like so many people are forgetting to look back and realize. I mean, I think about it now in retrospect when we watched that that touchdown run that Kyle Williams had in the Miami football game. And I'm thinking to myself, I may have just watched the last like notable thing that Kyle Williams does in a Bills jersey. It never crossed my mind that. It could also be Eric Woods, but but here we are. Right, and so like, but by all accounts, he was just the he was a leader. You know, a, a leader behind closed doors, off the field, on the field. I mean, it's just so. So for you to kind of know that he's not going to be there, I mean, that has to that has to I don't know that has to resonate within the locker room. You know, other guys are going to have to step up and fill that leadership void, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think we got, we certainly have, you know, the, the caliber guys to do it. So, um, you know, every team, every team's got a few, a few of the top leaders, you know, that, that lead the team on and off the field. And I don't have, I don't have any worry that, um, 
you know, will be without a guy to take his spot this year. Now, is there, with Eric Wood and Kyle Williams both being leaders amongst what we see as a fan base from the outside looking in, is there anybody in the locker room that you think would be, like, that would take their spot and be the next leader? Uh, e from Entourage. <laughs> Steven Hauschka. I love it. Oh, no, you know what? That, that's a good point, though. Hauschka's another guy who's he's, he's a tenured veteran in this league. And I know it sounds crazy to think about, you know, oh, a special team. But think about back to what Brian Mormon was for this football team. He was a captain. Brian Mormon was a guy who t- people rallied around because he had that he had confidence. He had you know, he, he was one of our best performers. And I think you could argue that Hauschka fits that mold. I absolutely wouldn't be shocked if that's the directions things go, especially from a special team standpoint. And just the knowledge that you have somebody on the field who's going to show up and they're going to work hard and drive others to do the same. Now, the 2017 NFL season, Reed, does it seem surreal yet that you just completed your first career NFL season as a starter? Uh, it still is. Um, I mean, it's definitely surreal to, to think about. You know, I think about it, you know, all the time, even though we're current, technically in the off, off season, excuse me, in the off season now. Um, I, you know, I still can't believe it. You know, I felt like I had a, a you know, a pretty good year. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to be able to, you know, be on the team experience, you know, what it's like to play in the NFL. I mean, that's, I never take it for granted. That's for sure. No, no. I mean, you're probably one of the most humble people I've ever met. And that's just in general, that's in all things. And so it's crazy to me that, you know, that demeanor just seems to help you keep such an even keel throughout the course of a season. Now, of all the games that you took part of this year, which one would you say was your favorite or at least your most memorable? Um, Probably the Colts game, uh, the snow game for sure. I mean, what was that like being down there on the field? You can barely see anything. Well, you've never, well, Reed, you've never played in snow before, right? No, I had never played uh, in snow. You know, no, never played in snow, much, much less, you know, almost a foot of it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that game was super fun. And obviously, you know, winning makes it a lot better. If we had lost, I probably wouldn't have said that. But, um, I mean, you can also throw the last game of the season, the Miami game, uh, the fact that we made the playoffs because of because of the win. Um, you know, both games I would say definitely high on my list. Well, I can't. Well, I can't not watch the locker room video of you guys watching the Bengals game and not just focus on you the whole time. <laughs> because you stand you stand out in the crowd because you're the only one. In that group that's wearing the, you're still in uniform. Everyone else has their jersey off, pads are off. You're still in your yeah, pads. Yeah, Reed, what was that? Were you just know, so excited I, that you couldn't? You I just, didn't realize it at the time. To be honest, I, I mean, I, everybody was so focused on the television. I didn't even think to take my pads off, and I didn't even. And, and it was so funny because I had a bunch of people after they put those videos out. I had a bunch of people send send me a link to the video saying, and I, you guys may have noticed it or not, but. Um, I definitely was left hanging on a high five uh, in the video. If you go back and watch it, it's actually pretty funny. It's, you know, I can laugh at it now, but um, we were everybody was celebrating when Cincinnati scored the touchdown, and I was jumping up and down and trying to give somebody a high five, and definitely left me hanging. So it's pretty funny. I have to go back and watch it. I'm gonna have to go back and look for that. Oh my god. Now, I guess like that, that moment's a good spot for my, my next question. Not having been exposed to the drought, I mean, you were here last year on the practice squad, so you kind of got a chance to see some things. You got to see some very Buffalo Bills things. I mean, you were there for the – you were here to watch and had a vested interest in watching the Bills. So you had a front-row seat to a kickoff that turned into a touchdown. The, the uh, kickoff that literally needed to be touched by one person and wasn't and turned into a touchdown. Just very billsy things that we as fans just look at and say, that's just one more thing. Now, having not been exposed to stuff like that in years of losing, seeing the reaction of those guys around you in the locker room after that Miami game and just being surrounded. I mean, I mean, especially guys like Kyle, like Eric, 
like the guys who have been here, for, uh, Preston Brown, guys who have lost for years and been a part of this organization and kind of suffered through it with us fans. What was it like seeing their reaction? I mean, was it, I'm assuming everyone in the room kind of fed off that, right? Oh, absolutely. And it was, I mean, it was super cool to see, you know, those guys, you know, after being, you know, knowing that they've been on the team for, you know, for so long, you know, eight, nine, 12 years, um, you know, to finally, you know, get out of the drought and kind of get, get that, uh, piano off our back, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was definitely, definitely something special. Now there's not a lot of players who in their first year as a starter get to experience playoff football. I mean, that just, a lot of guys don't get that. They got to, you know, it takes them years to get to that point. So I got to ask, what was the atmosphere in the locker room like before that playoff game against Jacksonville? Because I, you know, it's your first time here. Nobody in the room has been to a playoff game wearing a Bills uniform, even some of the most tenured guys. So it, there had to be, I, can you just describe what that felt like, like what the emotion in the room was like? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, thinking back on it, I don't even really um, remember it being, you know, any different than a regular, you know, regular season game. You know, I think obviously in the back of your mind there was, you know, oh, you know, first playoff game, you know, in Buffalo since, you know, since the drought started. But, um, you know, I think everybody and, you know, Coach McDermott did a great job of keeping us all focused and, you know, just treating it like another game. And that's what we tried to do and, you know, didn't come out on the right side of things. But, you know, I feel like we could, you know, take, definitely take something from that and learn from that game and come back better next year. Was, was anybody scoreboard watching towards the uh, the end of the game against Miami? <laughs> um, no, no, I don't. Not not from my perspective. You know, I'm well, honestly, Chris, not, what, I, what I heard, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody else. But well, what I had heard was that the Miami Dolphins were kind of trolling the Bills because this is what, and I heard it, I think it was in in the interview with Eric Wood on WGR, he was looking for the score. He was trying to scoreboard watch. And Miami would skip skip the Ravens game every single time it was supposed to come up on their scrolling banner. They would skip it. And they would skip it and they would skip it right up until Baltimore took the lead. In the second half, and then they started showing the score. So I think oh, it's, wow. so. It sounds like a mind game that Miami was trying to play, but I, I mean, just back to that Jacksonville game. I mean, I'm talking about you know going into that game, you're going up against one of the premier defenses in in football. So you know it's going to be a low scoring game. Our secondary has done a great job all season, so you know you can trust those guys to hold down the back end from a passing perspective. The front seven's going to do their thing. You kind of almost go into that game knowing it's going to be a little bit lower scoring and that special teams is going to play a critical role. How do you, as the long snapper, coming into your first playoff game, how do you prep for that mentally? I mean, like to, to, your, to your earlier answer, it sounds like just another week, right? Yeah, and, I, and you know, I mean, I don't want to keep sounding like a broken record, but, um, you know, I try to be the same every week. And that's something that, you know, that I've been working on the latter years of my college career. And then, you know, the past two years here in Buffalo, um, you know, just trying to stay level headed, trying to focus on, you know, doing my job and what I'm supposed to do. Um, Because even, you know, even with my position, you know, I'm, you know, I have to go out on the field perform and perform, you know, maybe once every, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. So, you know, in between that time period, you know, people may think, you know, oh, he's, you know, you're just, you know, slapping off on the sideline. You know, we got a kicker, punter, long snapper, me, you know, me, Colton and Steven, we got to be locked into the game situation wise and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, definitely you got, you know, you got to train yourself to stay in the game mentally. So that's a big part of big part of the job. Now, having gone to LSU, that's, that's a good point. You went to a big college. You know, having gone to LSU, playing in front of these massive, you know, just passionate crowds, this is nothing new to you. Do you think that Bills fans this season lived up to their reputation as far as being raucous fans who support their team, <laughs> even, even when they're being buried under a foot and a half of snow? Oh, hands down. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Awesome. So I guess my next question is looking ahead to 2018. If there was something that you, I, I guess, that had you most looking forward to coming back here for the 2018 season, something that you know you look at and you get excited about when you think about <laughs> next year, what would you say it and is? And you can't say Wegmans. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one thing I would say is, you know, coming back, you know, definitely coming back in April and building on, what, you know, what we built last year. You know, I, I'm excited to see, you know, what, how Coach McDermott, uh, kind of leads us this year. Um, what the, what, you know, what he's, what he's going to push for our mindset to be and, uh, you know, see if we can, see if we can build on our success that we had last year. Well, it sounds like you guys are, I mean, it's with the off season program, you know, just a couple months away, you guys are going to have a lineman and the draft is coming up. There's, there's so many things that are going to happen between now and the time you report back to camp or at least yeah. back here to Buffalo in order to kind of get back on the horse and get back into things. Um, I mean, do you and uh, you and the special teamers hang out during the course of the off season? And you don't have to answer that honestly if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yes, we do. Um, <clears throat> you know, we try to, uh, you know, for like, like for away games, we try to eat. You know, when we get to the city, that you know, wherever we're playing, you know, maybe once during the week, we try to get together and go out for a meal. So. Uh, I mean, we're spending a lot of time, you know, during the day together already at practice, uh, you know, with meetings and then, you know, practice itself and then meetings after practice. And, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time together at the facility. So sometimes it's nice to, you know, kind of get away and chill out, you know, by yourself sometimes. But, uh, yeah, we spend, you know, we're, we're, we have a good, uh, rapport with each other. And I think that really plays into how we did, how we, you know, played on the field this year. So, um, you know, I think I think we got a good good connection with all three of us. So definitely looking forward to uh, building on that also for, for this upcoming season. Well, I'll tell you, I, I mean, just looking from the special teams last year to this year, big jump up. I mean, Colton Schmidt, by all accounts, last year, I mean, he may have had a little bit of a rough go of things, but he rebounded fantastically this year, and that doesn't happen without a long snapper. And then Hauschka, I mean, he's Hausch money. But that doesn't happen without that doesn't happen without a long snapper putting the ball where it needs to be. So thank God for you. <laughs> thank God you do what you do well. I guess I have one final question here for you. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Oh man. I'm gonna say the Eagles because I never want to pick the Patriots, so uh, <laughs> and I, I I think I, you know, I've I've watched the playoff games, you know, since we got knocked out and I mean, the Phillies defense is, is legit. So, um, you know, obviously it's the Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm, I don't, you can't imagine either team coming out flat, but, um, you know, I think, you know, with this caliber of game, uh, you know, anything can happen, I guess. All right. So as long as you're not rooting for the Patriots, I was going to say, please read, don't do it. Don't do it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Reed, where can we read? Where can we find you on the Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is uh, snapflow50. I guess I, I should probably change that because uh, that was my college number. But um, yeah, that's that's where you can find me, and uh, I've, 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 I stay pretty active, so I like yeah. to interact with the fans every now and then. Yeah, like today we were talking about what the the Black Mirror and how you're watching that now, guys. Oh, yeah. Reed's a very cerebral guy. He's into a lot of deep stuff. Like the Black Mirror, I started watching. It's a little bit too heavy. It's a little bit too heady for me. I can't I can't get my way through it, but Reed loves it. So, I, I mean, Reed, God bless you. Stay busy in the offseason. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you real soon. All right, pal? Yeah, Reed can be found on Twitter at, at, snap, at SnapFlow50. Why don't you just use his friggin' name and make it <laughs> so difficult? It's like a tongue twister. Now, last week, Drew, when we had uh, Ski on from Hashtag Sports, you did say that you were going to write a guide to not watching Super Bowl 52 between cheaters and people that hate Santa Claus. Absolutely. I mean, guys, after after the Patriots game ended last week, well, two weeks ago now, I was adamant that I would not watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, you said you weren't having a party. <laughs> I wasn't having but a party. But I got a Facebook request. Uh, 
to go to a Super Bowl party at your house. Yeah, called, and I and I, and hey, I pull, whoa, 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 look at the title of that invite. It's called not Super Bowl party. Yeah, but I politely <laughs> uh, yeah, but I politely declined to attend. <laughs> Folks, last year's Super Bowl was simultaneously the best and most frustrating football game I've ever watched in my entire adult life. It was the worst game I had ever seen. Atlanta and New England. Come on. I'd I'd rather go to hell than watch that. It started with the Patriots trailing, Tom Brady throwing interceptions and pouting, Julio Jones crushing the Patriots' corners. I mean, I was high as a kite. And then watching them storm back in the second half due to the Falcons' refusal to run the ball and somehow winning the game, giving them another title and another Super Bowl? (sighs) I'm not ashamed to admit that I didn't even get. To, I didn't even see the game-winning touchdown because I'd already just laid down on the floor behind the bar and told everyone to wake me up when they left. It, it was it was unbelievable. So when the Patriots came back and beat the Jaguars with all of the assistance of the NFL officiating committee, I declared that I would be damned if I watched the Super Bowl, regardless of who they were playing. Unfortunately for me, I do host an annual party for the Super Bowl. And it turns out that not everyone hates New England with the fury of a thousand suns the way I do. Therefore, my house will be filled with people and the game will be on a TV somewhere. But does that mean that I have to let it ruin my night? Absolutely not. So here is my own homemade guide for Bills fans out there who are looking to enjoy their Super Bowl Sunday and are kind of trying to just avoid the game in general. It starts off with TV options. For those of you who actually have the ability to just put something else on your TV, here are some of my personal suggestions, okay? Animal Planet, 610 Eastern Standard Time, the 2018 Puppy Bowl. You're damn right. I have two flat screens next to each other in my basement. The Puppy Bowl will be on one of them. Yeah, I'm not coming over now. In fact, half of my prop bets revolve around the Puppy Bowl because I actually care more about what happens in that game than the actual Super Bowl. On Comedy Central at 6.50 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Isn't that that kickoff? 6.50? Yes. That's kickoff. There is a Chappelle Show marathon. (laughs) I mean, come on. How many funny skits is that man given America? Let, you, what are we running through? World Series of Dice. World Series of Dice. The uh, racial draft. The racial draft. I mean, there's there's class. The haters ball. There's classics out there to be had, folks. ESPNU at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 30 for 30 airing of The U. Anybody who's never seen the 30 for 30, The U, all about Miami University during its heyday and all of its cheating and just <laughs> yes, it's a it's a two hour documentary on the University of Miami's turnover chain. And then for those of you who like horror movies, on ICF from six p.m. to ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Jeepers Creepers one and two are going to air. I've never seen either of those. Oh my god! One of the the first one is starring the uh, the main character waiter from the movie Waiting, uh, the kid with the mushroom haircut. Justin it, Long? Yeah, Justin Long. Starring him until he gets his eyes cut out. And then... <laughs> yeah, I'm not watching that. Oh, come on. It was one of the first movies I ever hooked up to a, with a woman to. Woo! <laughs> Nostalgia, baby. And if you're more of a movie buff, I'd suggest a few of the classics. Top Gun. Never seen it. Tombstone. Never seen it. Or any of the multitude of other man code movies that Chris has managed to go 33 years without seeing. <laughs> Guys, there's if you're not if if you can't, if you have to be in front of a TV and you can't put anything else on. There's always food. Okay? You have options to distract yourself that won't come across as out of the ordinary or off-putting to your guests. Food is probably the biggest one. First and foremost, smoke a meat of some kind. Whether you're doing it on a charcoal grill, whether you're doing it in a vertical gas smoker, ribs Ribs, they require mopping yeah, and not, some attention, ribs. And, they, and they require some attention to detail. That's enough to get you out of the house. You know, you're preparing for halftime. You say, look, I want everyone to have a nice hot meal. Well, you kind of prep it so that, yeah, I got I to gotta duck out. I mean, pork shoulder takes six to nine hours. Gives you plenty of time to, quote unquote, check the meat, which is really just a code for sneaking away and having a beer or two. I mean, that's it. 
When I tell my fiance that I'm going out, oh, I got to watch the smoker. That's my code for I have to stand out here and drink a beer and play with the dogs. There's no watching a smoker. No one else knows that, though, unless you smoke meat. This is a it's a gold mine for private time and also avoiding the Super Bowl. You can also prepare some hot dishes for halftime. Now, Chris, as Chris can attest, chicks dig a man who knows how to cook. Yep, I'm very good at cooking uh, salmon and any types of fish. So you can wow you can wow some broads with seemingly difficult dishes that can keep you in the kitchen, look difficult, and yet leave you at least one free hand to knock a few back. First and foremost, Chris, your wing dip. My wing dip is the best. Now it's, it's very simple. I take I usually use uh, three uh, boneless chicken breasts. I season them in olive oil, sea salt, pepper. I wrap them in foil. Put them in the oven at uh, 400 degrees for about 27 to 30 minutes. And then I also use uh, eight ounce of uh, Philadelphia cream cheese, Philadelphia Super Bowl. And then uh, I use uh, a block of the Yancey Fancy wing cheddar and anchor bar sauce. The, the prep, like the time it takes me to start prepping for wing dip until when it's prepared to eat is literally like two hours. So see, guys, if you're looking, it takes a, a while. If you want to feed your guests the best wing, and then he covers it with crumbly blue cheese. Yes. he shreds the chicken breast, covers it with crumbly blue cheese once it's already hot. So there's a layer of blue cheese on top. There's wing uh, wing dip underneath. It's a, it's the best wing. Di- uh, hands down, he brings it to every one of my tailgates, and everyone who tastes it agrees. People bring their own wing dip and then confess that it's. Way better than their own. Well, also, you berate whoever brought other wing dip. Well, yeah. That their wing dip is trash. It is. Now, now, now that this upcoming season that I will be a season ticket holder, I am planning on different dips for each home tailgate is going to be my thing to bring to the tailgate. Now, we'll just hopefully this year, uh, Potter will be able to bring something to the tailgate because he, <laughs> he usually doesn't. Now, for the... For the Super Bowl, though, you make this wing dip, not only will you look like a hero in front of everybody around you, but you'll be able to avoid the Super Bowl for 20, 30 minutes at a time. Now, email us if you want the recipe. We're going to give our email address at the end of the show. Or you start a fondue station. It's retro. It's weird. No one's seen it in a while. You melt a bunch of cheese. You put it in a pot. You dip shit in it. Oh, I could dip anything in cheese. But somebody has to stand there and stir it. You could be that guy. I'm telling you, just... Try to do whatever you can to get the hell away from a TV. Now, if none of these things are an option, don't worry. You can still avoid sitting like a scrub on the couch, wrestling with your emotions over whether or not Tom Brady is actually going to win another fucking t- oh, another Super Bowl. It makes me sick just thinking about it. That being said, I've designed a list of prop bets for myself and a drinking game for everybody at my party that are hopefully enough to keep me preoccupied on Sunday while everybody else is trying to truly pay attention to what I think is going to be a disaster. Let me read some of these to you. First and foremost, under-overs. <laughs> the times Brady and Billy's eight title game appearances get mentioned. Right now I'm sitting at five and a half. I'd probably go over. The number of penalties on the Eagles, I'm going to put it at five and a half. Again, bang. The number of times Brady is caught on camera yelling at teammates, I'm going to put it at 4.5. That's the under over. The number of times Drew disparages Tom Brady, that's yet to be determined. I don't know how angry I get between now and Sunday. We're going to set that one right before the, right before the game. We're going to set that one. Then I have some yes-nos, you know, kind of just almost a coin flip. Can I, can I just tell you you're a little bit off on one of your under-overs? And what's that? Number of penalties on the Patriots. You have over-under three and a half. It should be over-under zero. Well, yeah, because they, they – uh, guys, I don't know if you guys have checked out the ringer. I have a link I'm going to put in the write-up to this week's podcast. The Patriots have only received one penalty that actually affected an offensive or defensive drive. One in the entire 2017 postseason. It's a fucking joke. Oh, so yes or no. Does Nick Foles throw a touchdown before throwing an interception? Does Bill Belichick wear his signature hoodie? Does Bill Belichick smile at all during the first half? 
Is Donovan McNabb's vomiting incident mentioned during the TV broadcast? I mean, these are all important things. These are all things that I want everybody at my party to bet on. You know, everyone's throwing five bucks, winner take all. Then we have commercial bets. Under over, commercials featuring a dog as the main character. I have that as two and a half. Yes or no questions on commercials. Does anybody get hit in the groin? And does Peyton Manning make an appearance? The, the, those are pretty, those are coin flips, right? Yeah, I, I like the, I like those more so than your three and a half on Patriot penalties. <laughs> then I have it broken down into multiple choice. And I got to read them to you. So first, the first touchdown of the puppy bowl. What color is the dog? Is he black? Is he white? Is he brown or is he other? Shaved. Yeah, could be brindle. Could be spotty. <laughs> You're gonna have to pick the color of the puppy in the uh, the puppy in the puppy bowl. Which team wins the puppy bowl? Team rough or team fluff? So they're they're going up against cats. <laughs> and which team wins the Super Bowl? And then that brings us to the drinking game. Now, mind you, there's some that I'm omitting just for uh, I don't know. The, the sanctity of our podcast. I have to omit those. But the drinking game. Every time the announcers screw up the pronunciation of a player's name. Whenever the camera shows Tom Brady with a scowl on his face on the bench. Whenever the fact that it's the Patriots' eighth title appearance gets mentioned. Whenever the camera focuses on Carson Wentz, you drink a beer. Whenever a clip from last year's Super Bowl gets played, you drink and whenever Brady complains to an official after a play. <sighs> Guys, anybody at home who wants to play along with us and wants the full list of Drew's prop bets and drinking game, email us, rockpilereport716 at gmail.com. Now, one of the, one of the people that I doubt is going to be at the, at the party is a friend of the show, Kyle Trimble. Dr. Kyle Trimble, he wrote about Eric Wood's injury. We'll put a... Link to the description in the description of the show for his article that he wrote on Eric Wood's injury. Also, he's not going to be attending the party, most likely, because his wife is due. Now, I challenge, I will challenge you. You can have your pick because they're waiting till that baby comes out to find the sex of the baby. Seagram's oh, bet on the sex of the baby. I'll let, you, bet. I'll let you choose. I will let you choose. I'm calling a boy. I think Kyle Trimble, for his soft-spoken nature, has tough genes. and he, he, the, 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 His boys can swim, and it's going to be a male. All right, and just for that reason, you just said he's soft-spoken. It'll be a girl. <laughs> so, oh, all right. Here we go. So that is the Seagram's bet. On Kyle Trimble's fatherhood. Guys, Super Bowl bet. Chris. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with what Reed said. I can't in a good conscience pick the Patriots. i got to go Eagles. <laughs> Me too. So there's no Seagram's bet. We all know if you're from Buffalo, you can't be rooting for the Patriots to win this. And if they do, God help me, not only am I not showing up to work the next day. I, <laughs> I'll see you in hell? I'll see you in hell. I mean, I could see pe people wanting the Patriots to win because that might put the end to all of this. Ugh. That they win... But it won't. It won't. We all know that. We've been saying that for years. Maybe if they just win one more, they'll go away. The damn. The damn they will. Well, and we they wouldn't have won another one if Marshawn Lynch had won the ball. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> Patricia's going to Detroit. McDaniels is going to Indianapolis. I mean, not that not that we know that that's going to work out, but they're losing both their coordinators, you know. Guys, I've I've my my life my life has been ruined by watching Patriots winning the Patriots winning Super Bowls. Can we please just hopefully this year puts an end to it? Guys, make sure you follow Reed on Twitter at Snapflow50. He's an interesting follow. He likes he likes European football, and he's actually a really cerebral guy. He's calm, he's level-headed. I don't know why the hell he likes talking to us. You can find us at Rockpile Report on Twitter. Now, for Sunday, we're talking Super Bowl food. Wise Guys Pizzeria here in South, uh, here right here on Seneca Street in South Buffalo. I'm going to them for my Super Bowl uh, catering. If you don't go to them for your pizza, you're stupid enough to be punished for it. I will chain you to a pipe and a crawl space. 
GrandstandNetwork.com, folks. Eric Turner from CoverOne.net is over there recapping his trip to Mobile, Alabama. He was lucky enough to get media credentials for the Senior Bowl. He's got a ton of scouting material. If that's up your alley, make sure you go to CoverOne.net and GrandstandSportsNetwork.com to find all of his coverage of it. And hit him up at CoverOne on Twitter. Yeah, he has some underscores in there. I don't know how it works, though. (laughs) Don't worry. It'll be in the write-up. And then RockSportsNetwork.com. You got to check out my appearance on the Huddles season recap TV show at the link provided in the rundown, along with Bill's beat reporter Nick Woten and BillsWire.com's Ashley Petty. We showed up at 34 Rush at Batavia Downs, and we kind of recapped the 2017 season, talked about what happened, talked about where we go from here. It was definitely an interesting time. Make sure you check out some of it. Go to the website and the link. Guys, thanks so much for showing up, listening to me ramble about nonsense. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. And this has been the Rock Pile Report. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.